0: Do 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 Uh, okay.
1: Welcome back to The Fickless.
0: Yay! It's a
1: podcast where we read, rate, and review fan fiction.
0: Yeah, that sounds like what I put in my Twitter bio. Yep,
1: I was trying to remember the wording. It's <laughs> th- been a second. I think
0: it's read, recap, and review. God
1: damn it. So, Aaron, why don't we talk about some fan fiction? What are our tags for today?
0: Well, our general tag for this week is... Do 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 Halloween! Yes! This is Halloween. This, this is Halloween. 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 That is not in the Halloween. 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 <laughs> I don't care. We, we've already started singing you're with right, every you're single right.
1: thing. This is we have arrived at the high holy season.
0: We have. We have a string of really wonderful holiday tags coming, it's and so this great. is the first.
1: Yes. It's
0: also maybe my favorite.
1: Well, that's unfortunate. I know. There's more to go.
0: I know, but i Love Halloween. It's so
1: good. What's the, what's the, the Tumblr post? The...
0: Pride 2? Pride 2. Electric (laughs) Spookaloo. Which is my favorite. So So good. Halloween fic. It runs the gamut from real sweet, kind of like smutty, like just empty calories. (laughs) Like candy. Like candy to like... A really interesting, like, substantive place to start a fig. Mm-hmm. It can be, like, it runs the gamut. It can get really angsty. It's a whole thing. So I'm pleased as punch that we are doing Halloween It's wonderful. Um, and then the AU for today, which is sort of thematic, in a similar way is Apocalypse AU, Ooh, which I discovered saucy, that I don't really dark. read. <laughs> so I had to find one.
1: Welcome, welcome to my eternal struggle. I
0: hate it. It was not great. <laughs> it's not great. It's not a fun place to be. No. Also, the AU that I, the Apocalypse AU, I was intending to send you is gone. From oh. Archive of Our Own, there was a really wonderful Parks and Rec one oh. that I was like, oh, of course, I'll just send that one. And then when I looked, it was not in my AO3 yeah. bookmarks, and I couldn't find it. And oh, I googled no. it and tried to find it, and it's just gone. So
1: that's a, that's remember, a bummer. That's a like, a title or a author no. or
0: anything? No. I don't remember... T- I never remember titles, and I never remember authors. I remember, like... <laughs> plot and that's about it which is not helpful nope
1: not great you'd be a great librarian
0: i'd be a terrible librarian (laughs) it's the same thing with me in music i couldn't tell Mm. you who sings the song i can't tell you what the band name is but i can sure as shit sing you the chorus (laughs) that's all i've got same yeah and it can be groups that i really really like and it doesn't matter. I'm That's like, I forget. Uh, Great, okay, so why anyway. don't we
1: start with our general tag?
0: Alright, do you want to start? Sure, I can start. Woohoo! So, <laughs> what did I send you?
1: You sent me Press You to the Pages of My Heart by Butt Casino.
0: <laughs> I forgot! I really was excited about you <laughs> saying that. Can you say it slower for the folks at home?
1: Yes, that is written by Butt Casino <laughs> on Archiva- Archive of Our Own. And <laughs> it is... A magician's fic.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean...
1: Is anyone... Surprise.
0: You absolutely should not be but at this point. <laughs> Aaron, this is who please. I am. This is not gonna stop <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon.
1: Oh man.
0: Hyperfixating. You
1: need to at least branch out to one every every month.
0: I will not. <laughs> Aaron, please. Okay. No one ever said I had to do I, anything. I'm telling you. <laughs> <no>. Too <wait>. late. <laughs> That's not in the official code of rules for this oh, podcast. Boy. So
1: Okay, so Press You to the Pages of My Heart by Butt Casino and Archive of Our Own. The summary reads, Margot throws a Halloween party. Quentin and Elliot really like each other's costumes. And that's a good summary of yep. this fan fiction. It's
0: also very much in the style of the TV episode summaries, oh. which is super cute and super fun, because um, they're always that kind of way, where it's like that. a very concise version of what happens in the show, almost to the point of being a little misleading. So I actually really like that summary That's for that. wonderful. Yeah. It's Great. Good job, but casino. Of, yeah. Kudos. Well done. You are a stellar, stellar auteur, <laughs> but casino. <laughs>
1: So, the fic uh, kind of jumps between, like, three we- a few weeks before the party, and then at the party, and then, like, right after the party, and essentially jumps from Margot talking Quentin and Alice into going to the party, and then talking Elliot into, a, like, a, couple, a group costume with uh, Margot, Todd, and Elliot. The group costume is Margot is Leia... Mm-hmm. Todd is Chewbacca, and Elliot is Han Solo. What I Damn found, right. <laughs> what I found really interesting is that never in the fic does she say Han Solo or Princess Leia or even Chewbacca. She's just like, Todd is learning how to say Wookie.
0: Oh, true.
1: And I'm like, did you are you, are you afraid of being sued by George Lucas, by Disney? Because you say, they say Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, so I was like, interesting. I,
0: it didn't occur to me that that happened, but you're not incorrect. Right. <laughs> so... I'm going to choose to believe that it was some kind of choice. Yeah, that's And uh, it goes in the box on the shelf. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> so uh, there's this really great moment where Margot's, like, talk convincing Elliot to do it, and they're like, I think getting ready. And Elliot's like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, group costumes are, like, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And Margot says, well, I know of a certain nerd who would love, like, would find you irresistible on this. And Elliot's like alright, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, alright, cool. Yeah. I got you. I see what you're doing. <laughs>
1: yep. And so, and then Quentin's costume is a sexy professor Indiana Jones. Yes! He's got, like, I think, like, the, bla- <sighs> the tweed blazer and, like, glasses and, like, elbow patches. And really short shorts. Yep. Because Fargo lied to him about yep. the fact that they sent the wrong, like, Shorts?
0: He's like, God damn it, they sent the wrong pair of shorts, and Margot's like, Yep, whoops. Too whoops. late to yep. order more. So- I guess you're gonna have to wear these booty shorts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones with booty shorts. I was like, I'm here for it.
0: It's you know I
1: live for the fantasy.
0: Hey, it's Halloween. If you, you right. can't be a little inappropriate on Halloween, are you really living? So true. Yep.
1: So then at the party, pretty pretty early on, Quentin and Elliot see each other and then they flirted up and they start making out, and then they run upstairs to the cheering of all their friends. Uh huh. And then they have some pretty good sex.
0: They are not subtle about it. No,
1: not in the least. <laughs> What's funny is that I feel like they everyone knew, like oh, everyone yeah. came to this party knowing, including Quentin and Ellie. They're like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bang, right? Like it's happening.
0: You're like, no, no, no. I am here. <laughs> I have one goal. That goal is achievable.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: just a matter of time. <laughs> and I'm like, good for you guys, because frankly, give, like, how much stress you guys go in the show? Like, you've earned this. I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah, That's yeah. lovely. It's meant to just be silly and yeah, fun, I and I it. think Halloween fix should be a little silly and fun. Agreed. And smutty. And like, yeah,
1: like, I, just... I, this hit all of the like a lot of the ticks for me for like what a Halloween fix should be. Yeah. I was, I was very, I was pleased with this. Good. And so they have great sex, and then the morning after, Quentin wakes up and doesn't really know, like, oh, was it, like, as we were just drunk, and we mm-hmm. were, like, in the passion of the moment, but Elliot's very much like, hey, I'm gonna make you breakfast, go get, like, go get, go shower, and he gives... El- Quentin some of his clothes, like his PJs and so, and it's the cutest thing. Yeah. And you were like, ah! I know, I was like, ah! Love that shit! And then they go downstairs, and Elliot starts like cooking breakfast, and all of the physical kids are there, like all the right. friends.
0: Because he's like, oh yeah, I live in a house with all of the <laughs> friends. There was no way this was going to be just us. They're going to know because exactly. I'm not wearing my own clothes. <laughs>
1: exactly. I have many hickeys.
0: <laughs> yeah. Many hickeys wearing pants that are very clearly too long for me. Yeah. I may as well lean into it. Yep. And just accepts it. And he's kind of like all just like a little warm fuzzy. Yeah. And they're like happy. flirting
1: and, mm-hmm. and Elliot's going to make breakfast for just Quentin. But then Penny's like, are you making breakfast for the group? And Elliot says, well, I guess so. I'm feeling magnanimous today. Yeah. And then he, oh, what's, he says like... Oh, I was just gonna make breakfast for my boyfriend, but I'm feeling magnanimous today. So, and Quinn is like, "What (laughs) Or boyfriend?" And then Elliot is trying to be nonchalant, but clearly not succeeding. Like, well. If you want to be, that yes. is.
0: Yeah, and, and you can tell he's just like, oh god, oh, oh god, what oh have god. I oh. The other thing that I really love is that moment in the kitchen where Elliot's doing something. He's like, Quentin, come here, I need your help. Oh, and yeah. And Quentin gets up, and he just kisses him, and he, like, makes out with him against the stove <sighs> for, like, a hot minute, and then he's like, oh, what did you actually need help with? Like, he's a little, like, Quentin is a little dazed, and Elliot's like, oh no, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, sends him <laughs> back to go sit down.
1: <laughs> You've done your part. And I was like... It was so cute. cute. I loved it.
0: I'm glad. After I, like, emotionally tortured you for about four different fanfics in a row, I decided I needed to to send you some gentle things. (laughs) Also, what's really
1: interesting to me is that because I haven't seen The Magicians or read all of The Magicians, that other fic is, like, the canon to me. Yeah. And, like, that's all, like, I compare it to. So when Alice was in this fic, I was like... Ew, who's she? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's uh,
0: Julia? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did not like it, but I understood. Um,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: What more can I say? I loved it. It was so cute.
0: Yeah. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. What would you rate it now that we're already
1: here? <laughs> 3.8.
0: Wow! I, think, I figured you were going to say that. I was like, it's either 3.6 or 3.8, based be, on Alan's sort of metric. It was either going
1: to be 3.7 or 3.8 this yep. time,
0: but yeah. Woohoo! Woo! Yay! Okay, so the Halloween fic you sent me mm. is an Overwatch video game fanfic. Which I will be the first person to admit that I really don't like video games.
1: That's fair. I, I had a them, feeling. <laughs>
0: yeah. I find them very frustrating mm. because you have to get good at them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't have that kind of patience. <laughs> I, d- I do not want to have to work for my story. <laughs> and, like, I used to play video games with my cousin and my brother back when video games were, like, Super Mario Kart and uh, stuff like yeah. that. And then they Which started to games? get more complicated, and I would get so angry that I was losing that I would throw the controller and, so... like, run. Oh, no. And eventually it was, like, I don't want to do, like, video games are stupid, but it was really, because yeah. I was bad at them. <laughs> <laughs> um... Nothing has changed, right? Except the fact that I can cop to it's because I don't like them. Like it's because I don't win because I suck at them. Because I am super competitive, I guess as that. you know. Yeah. Um, Alan you're knows this. As... <laughs> no, Alan knows this as my friend, but our dear listeners at home maybe don't realize <laughs> that. Um, don't ever play card games with me because I will probably end up screaming at you. It's not cute.
1: Unless you're like mopping the floor with me as you did on the airport, and
0: then I gloat <laughs> the yeah, whole time because I am both a sore loser and a <laughs> mean winner. Oh.
1: That is. Accurate. it's not
0: a good look <laughs> but i can't change it but i love you for it thank you yeah. it's a character flaw that i just have to live with forever <laughs> i think um so anyway i didn't know a damn thing about overwatch I'm, I'm um but per your instructions in yep. the google doc i googled what they each looked like um so this is a fic between soldier 76 mm-hmm. uh jack morrison and reaper who is gabriel reyes Jack is in his immortal skin, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And Reaper starts in his pumpkin skin and then maneuvers through a couple of different versions. I'm assuming skin in this case means the, like the outfits. outfits. Yes. Okay. But it's more than that. It's also like a physical appearance. Correct. Okay. That's what I thought. I know enough about video games to kind of like uh, guess. Yeah. So the summary of this fake. Like, oh, it's called Paper Fortune by Sas. Zaz? Zazz? Zaz? X A Z Z. Yeah. On Archive of Our Own. The summary is, stuck between not quite dead and not quite alive, Gabriel can only come to Earth when the lines between the living world and what's beyond is thin. His body is never his own, and instead he possesses the decorations and effigies of the dead on holidays for the night when he can spend it with the only person who knows he actually exists, a vampire named Jack. It's a good summary. I mean, it is what it is. Oh, I agree. Like, it's very straightforward. It's not the most sort of, like, eloquent way of putting it, but... Correct. I mean, it's straightforward. I also really like the author's note that he just <laughs> shrugs loudly. This fic was weird and fun, and really I just wanted to write Jack kissing Gabe's stupid pumpkin head, <laughs> which frankly I think is a better summary. Because <laughs> I was like, I get it. Yeah, fair. Uh, it starts with Jack having this paper fortune that mm-hmm. he follows to different effigies around the world in order to visit with Gabriel. Um, and it starts on uh, Halloween. Haha, ha, ah. because this is in fact a Halloween fic. And, uh, Jack is parading around sort of as a, like, jack-o'-lantern headless horseman kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And that works really well on Halloween. <laughs> and they can actually walk around the streets and not be like, what the hell is going on? But they do take The chance to, like, scare the shit out of some, like, (laughs) shitty teenagers because they can. Um, Which is hilarious because when Gabriel takes his head off of his body, it (laughs) continues to talk. Which freaks the fuck out of some, like, shitty kids who are trying to take too much candy. And that was pretty funny. Um, So they spend kind of the night together and they're very comfortable with each other. But it's unclear what their relationship is at the start. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell that there's feelings, but it doesn't outright say it. Um, and because it's a fanfic, you know that there's a <laughs> slash in the tag. So something is going to come of this. But you're like, okay, um, I wonder what's going on here. So Halloween comes and goes. And then he misses All Saints Day, which is the day after.
1: Dia Los Marcos.
0: Yeah. So the, the sort of situation is because Jack is a vampire. He has to be in the darkness before the sunlight hits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Gabriel has to return to the Land of the Spirits every evening. Before the new day is. So at the end of Halloween, Gabriel goes back into the effigy. Jack gets in the car, like, very fast <laughs> to try to get away from the sunlight so he doesn't, like, burn up, I guess. Yeah. And the he looks at the fortune again, and it's charmed or whatever yeah. to have a new, the next place where Gabriel's going to pop up. Unfortunately, uh, wait, no. It's...
1: So, yeah, so it's Halloween, and then Dia de los Muertos yes. happens, like, four hours away.
0: Yes. So he's able to make it there. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what happened? I don't remember. <laughs> There's a lot
1: of holidays. There's a
0: lot of holidays, and they're, most of them are not American holidays. Correct. So I don't instinctively know when they fall. Yeah. Um, I know All Saints Day is around Halloween, because I mm-hmm. went to Catholic high school, and I <laughs> had to learn that. But other than that, I wasn't totally sure when a lot of these fell. Right. Right. So, thankfully, um, the next effigy that he has to find is, like, four hours away Mm -hmm. in the next day. So he gets another day with Gabriel, which he's very happy about. Um, So, again, they sort of spend the day together, and this time uh, Gabriel is dressed up as, like, a, um, like a de Oh, God, I'm going to fuck up the language that you speak, and it's going to be bad. The Día de los Muertos. Yeah! uh, Thank you. Um, Like, sugar skull? Candy skull kind of thing? Like, the decorated... So that's what he's come back as this time, which is, like, a whole other, like, whole other outfit that is, you know, <laughs> they describe. Uh, and I think it's labeled Mariachi. It is. <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, anyway. So they have a, you know, another nice evening. And, um, yeah, so Gabriel goes back into the spirit realm. And then uh, Jack looks down at the paper fortune and... And the next place he's going to pop up is Rome. And he knows that there is no way on God's green earth that he is going to make it to Rome overnight. Yeah. Um, so he's really bummed about that. And it's one of the first times that he has missed Gabriel in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that sort of triggers Gabriel to have some questions in an interesting way. Yeah. So um, the next time he does see them, see him is in China for A festival that I am not even going to attempt to butcher. Um, But another sort of like festival of uh, death and ancestor worship and stuff. Um, And Gabriel's like a little actually suspicious and a little like, I have some questions. And it's like, I was afraid you weren't going to come. And Jack is like, well, it was Rome. (laughs) I have like three hours. It wasn't going to happen. And Gabriel's like, you didn't even try. And he's kind of a brat about it. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, Uh, calm down. But it's clearly coming from a slightly more sort of like, it's not really about him not coming. It's actually because he's getting a little suspicious and trying to be like, why do you keep coming to visit me? We've been doing this. He he says this, and this is when you sort of discover that this has been going on for 150 years. Mm -hmm. Because Jack is an immortal vampire and Gabriel (laughs) is some kind of weird spirit thing. (laughs) So this can just go on perpetually, I guess. Honestly, the dream. It's taken him a long time to ask this question.
1: Yeah, honestly.
0: I am impressed and a little <laughs> dismayed. Um, but Gabriel's like, you know, I don't I don't mean to be ungrateful, but like, the fuck, dude? Like, mm-hmm. why do you keep doing this? And Jack really won't answer him. He's like really dodgy about it. And he's like, I know what it's like to be alone. Oh, yeah. And Gabriel is like uh, okay. And Mm kind of goes back into the spirit realm a little confused. Um, And then there's a significant gap between Mm -hmm. that and the next time they see each other. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then you get a little sort of a recap of how Gabriel died. Which is where some of the, like, darker moments of the fic comes from. Mm -hmm. So you learn that Jack had been turned as a va- turned into a vampire at sort of the early 20th century, um, moved to England in the interim between the First World War and the Second, was, like, living his happy little life with a coven who was, like, chill, maybe not, like, the most ridiculous group that he'd ever been with. Like, right. he, wasn't, he wasn't thrilled, but was having a good time. <laughs> and then he met Gabriel at a pub. Um, and Gabriel had thrown some punches at somebody, and they'd kick him out. And then Gabriel came back. Again, to be like, I'm sorry, I was an asshole. And then they were, like, buddies for moving forward. Um, and then after a while, they sort of got together. And they had a pretty good long time together before, um, in the late 50s, a group of men, I guess, broke into their house and beat Gabriel basically to death for being, like, queer. Mm-hmm. And so Jack took him to a witch, Angela.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Angela's like, it's too late. Like He's going to die.
1: Who's also a character in the video game.
0: Oh, I didn't look up Angela.
1: That's okay. That's
0: fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Angela's like, look, I can't save him. All I could do is save... I can sort of save his soul mm-hmm. in a complicated kind of way. And Jack is like, tell me what it is. And she's like, well, if I keep Gabriel's head... Basically, I can trap his soul in such a way that, like, he'll be able to pass through the barrier of the mm-hmm. spirit realm with ease on days where the veil is thin, but he won't remember his life before, and the the spell will only work for as long as I have his head in my possession. Once we bury it, he's gone forever. Yeah, it's
1: like keeping him in the eternal state of purgatory, essentially.
0: Right. And Jack is like, whatever, do it, because... This is my love. (laughs) Please, I want...
1: We're so dramatic.
0: Yeah. So, but it's also interesting because Gabriel had told Jack, basically, like...
1: Oh, that's right. When he was mortal,
0: he was like, at some point, I'm gonna die. And I want you to move on. You deserve to move on. You deserve to find somebody else. You
1: deserve to be loved by more than just me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, actually, this whole, like, trapping your spirit in purgatory thing... (laughs) Is maybe a little bit not what he wanted,
1: right? Like expri- like explicitly, he he kind of said that. Yeah. while he was alive,
0: he was like, "Please don't." <laughs> and Jack was like, "Okay," and then did it anyway. Well,
1: you can't remember anyway. Yeah, he's
0: like, "Well, he's gonna forget, so it's cool." <laughs> um, and then Angel is also the one that gives him this paper fortune. Yeah, which is how he knows where to go and all these stuff. So it's a thing. So then, after that memory is sort of replayed, and you come back into the present moment of the narrative. There's another um, sort of small holiday festival happening in Korea. And uh, Gabriel comes through as some kind of cow, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and he asks again, he's like, why are you here? Like, what are you getting out of this? I'm confused. And Jack like won't answer him. and he's, Gabriel calls him on it and is like, you're lying to me. Like, mm-hmm. I've known for the last couple of years that you're lying to me, but I'm at a point where like, I just can't anymore. Basically, come to me when you're ready to tell me the truth. And he disappears back into the spirit realm, and the paper fortune is blank for the first time since Jack has had it. So he's like, oh, shit. And then, you know, has to reckon with the fact that Gabriel clearly does not want to actually see him. So from there, Gabriel is like AWOL. Jack Mm -hmm. doesn't hear from him for, I think, a year. Like a full calendar year. year. And he's talking to Angela the whole time, and he's growing more and more desperate. And Angela's like, well have you considered that it might be time to bury him and like Mm -hmm. let him go and he's like no jack is like initially very opposed to the idea but then he kind of comes around to it in a way and he's like how do i contact him in the spirit realm and it was like uh actually i don't really know if you can because like the veil (laughs) is not that thin but maybe if you were in contact with like his physical remains, it would work. Mm -hmm. So he talks to the skull that Angela has had in her possession and basically says, I'm ready to stop lying to you. And it works. Gabriel hears him and Mm -hmm. the paper fortune shows where his next effigy is going to come, which is apparently the middle of nowhere. And so, and it's Halloween again. It's Halloween! One calendar year. (laughs) Hello. So thankfully it's a very, very quiet neighborhood that he comes out in. And, um, you know, they have a chance to really talk through it. And Jack is like, okay, I am going to tell you the whole story. And he does. And he tells them that, like, they were in love and it was a whole thing. And Gabriel's like, are you fucking getting me? Like, so you took away my choice to move on? You have removed all of my agency. Like, you've made it so I am in perpetual purgatory and can't actually... Like, I wouldn't have chosen this. Like, I love... Sure, I love you. But, like, you deserve to move on and so do I. And, um, so... Jack is like, but I had to watch you die. And it it would have been one thing if we had been able to, like, grow old together and we had Aww. a full life. But it was so cut short that I just couldn't do it. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to say goodbye to you. And Gabriel's like, I understand, but that doesn't mean you're forgiven. Yeah. Which is actually a really interesting... I love that. I love that. Like, that is really mature and really interesting and way better than just like, I get it. Like, cool. We're just going <laughs> to keep doing this thing that's really unhealthy. Yeah. Um, so... uh. Basically, Gabe is like, I am not going to continue to live in this purgatory state, but I will give you the chance to say goodbye, (laughs) which is the best you're going to get, basically. (laughs) And Jack is like, Okay, I will call Angela and tell her to bury your skull, which will basically set you free. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel's like, Okay, but I will stay with you until it's time to go. And we can sort of like part from there. Just tears. And so they're like, Okay, so Jack calls Angela, and Angela can't bury him right away because I guess Angela also has to wait for it not to be
1: <laughs> she's also a vampire oh she's also a vampire yeah. okay
0: so she has to wait for her it for the sun to go down which gives them a couple of hours of time together so right. they just sort of sit quietly and like they wrap up their sort of relationship and Gabriel's like you know I will find you I will find you again and Jack's like I don't know that you can promise <laughs> me that and Gabriel's like nah if I found you once like and I've spent 150 years with you in the spirit realm I think I'll find you again Um, And Jack is like, don't make me promises you can't keep, basically. And then sort of they wait out their time together. And then the time comes and Gabriel passes back into the spirit realm. Angela buries the skull and he's officially gone forever, as far as Jack knows. Skip ahead a little bit to the end of the fic. Jack is clearly not happy, (laughs) not having a good time. Nope. But, uh, one of his coven members comes in and is like, new kid! And Jack is like, fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> and he's like, nope, you have to come meet him. So he goes downstairs and. It's... A
1: hundred years pass between. Oh, a hundred
0: years pass. I forgot yeah. about that. Like, time is completely irrelevant yes. for Jack. It does not matter. It could be three minutes, it could be 30 years, and frankly, he wouldn't notice because yeah. he's immortal. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> So they go downstairs, and he meets this guy, and uh, he is, like, Portuguese and, like, a little bit North African, so he's, like, sort of ambiguous Mm -hmm. and, like, new, but he smells like uh, Gabriel, and Mm -hmm. Jack has a moment of, like, what is happening? And um, they introduce him, uh, and he's, like, they're, like, tell everyone your name, and he goes, "Uh, hello, Uh, my name is Gabriel, but you can call me Beal, and Jack is, like. (laughs) Huh? <laughs> Hello. And that's really the end is that you get the sense that it's, you know, a reincarnated Gabriel who has been turned into an immortal vampire.
1: At last, our happy last. ending.
0: And you can know it's reincarnation because the author's not at the end <laughs> yeah. says, "Oh yeah, did I mention this is reincarnation fic?" She misspelled reincarnation. <laughs> but cuz it's a surprise reincarnation fic, LOL. Love it. Yay. <laughs> It was very sweet. Yeah. It was very well written. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting storyline despite the fact that I had no fucking clue who these people were <laughs> or what was going on. Yeah. I, like, had a good time. I'm glad. Yeah, it was good. It was less Halloween-y than I thought we were going to go.
1: I thought, yeah, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I mean, me too, but I there was something about all of the different, like, it included Dia de los Muertos and All mm-hmm. Saints Day and, like, all these other, like, Asian-centric mm. uh rituals that are day ce- celebrations that um commemorate the dead mm-hmm. and i thought that was really cool something yeah. about it was like i kn- like i knew in my heart of hearts i was like i know Aaron has given us the halloween fic we right. expect and deserve right i i want to bring something new to the table i have
0: given you cotton candy <laughs> you have gone with like fried dough <laughs> here in is terms of a funnel food. cake yeah Still sugary. Correct. Still, like, not healthy, but a little bit more substantive (laughs) um, than just pure spun sugar. I thought it was fun. To take that metaphor a little far. Yeah. I would rate this probably, like, a 3.6. It was great. I think I would have rated it higher if I had more context. Sure. it was still good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I'll, like, go back to it, but I enjoyed it while I was reading it.
1: I also don't know that I, like, how much more context would help, because yeah. I, I have pretty good context, and it was, like, I feel like we've kind of got, maybe, I got a little more yeah. basic enjoyment out of it, but it. it's yeah. very well written.
0: Super well written. That is, like, major points in its favor for yeah. the writing style on it.
1: And the character of Soldier 76 is, is actually gay.
0: Oh! Yeah. That's cool.
1: Inclusivity.
0: Wow! Yeah. That's exciting. We love it. I had not considered video games as, like fanfic fodder, I think. Mm. For some reason, it hadn't really occurred to me that you would write fanfic about video games even though you totally can. Oh, 100%. And people clearly do. Yeah. <laughs> just because I'm not in that world at all, it's mm-hmm. almost, I think it's almost like when I send you stuff with, like, that's a poly ship or exactly. something that, like, you just don't read ever. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, what does this... What is this world? What is this? Like, how do you, how do you write video, like... Don't you have to? (laughs) I'm always confused because I'm like, isn't there like an infinite number of possibilities in video games? But then that's not really how it works. There is a narrative to Mm -hmm. play with. It's just that you unfold it as it as you play the game.
1: And some some things like like Overwatch doesn't. It has a mythos again, but it's Mm -hmm. not part of the game. I love the way
0: you say mythos.
1: Mythos
0: instead of mythos. 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 Mythos.
1: Um, It has like it, it has all of that. But it's, because of the way the game is played, it's almost made for fan fiction, because you yeah. just have these wonderful, colorful characters of various ethnicities, and coming mm. from all different parts of the world, and you can just kind of grab them and, like, play together. It's like little Legos, almost. Oh. You just plug them into any situation you want. E-
0: Westing, Yeah. I guess I'm used to having more structure.
1: Yeah, having a background and right. like, things that you can reference and all right. of that. Yeah, I get that. I see that a lot in the the fix you sent me. Yeah,
0: they almost always rely on context. Yeah. So to have something that is basically contextless, I was like, it's kind of like I'm reading just a small little short like story. Like yeah. Right, with characters that I don't know and there is nothing to pull from except exactly. literal visuals. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting experience. I'm something like very it. different. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Alan.
1: Thank you! Yay. Thank
0: you. So our next tag is Apocalypse AU. Dun,
1: dun, dun!
0: We've done that too many times. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: sure the effect is gone now, but we have fun with it. We
0: do. We have a good time. Yes. All right. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I can start. Okay.
1: Sure. So the fic you sent me is called Take That Zombies by... Pasty Pirate.
0: I live for these (laughs) usernames. Like, you just gotta have fun with it, man. Yeah, I love it. And like, Pasty Pirate, Godspeed. Alliterative? We love it. I love it. I want to meet you, Pasty Pirate, and see if you are as pasty as I (laughs) envision. Because I am also pasty.
1: Do you own a parrot,
0: Pasty Pirate? I know. Are you secretly Jack Sparrow?
1: Ooh.
0: (sighs) Who is not pasty. But could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Uh, so, this is by Pasty Pirate on Archive of Our Own. It is a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fic.
0: Shock of all shocks. <laughs> it's, not, it's been a
1: second. It's been a second. It's been a second. The summary reads, the zombie apocalypse is going just fine until Amy stops giving Jake condoms.
0: Which I is
1: I don't think does. <laughs> no. like It's not a good summary. It's not a
0: good summary. It, to, it doesn't... It's, <laughs> it's not witty enough right. to, like, to actually... be just be like, like a
1: joke or something.
0: Right. It's, but it's also not full enough to give you a good picture of what the whole fic is.
1: It just, it also doesn't set up the story you're about to read, right? Because that, that is like that does happen. Like Amy denies Jake condoms at some point, but it's not, it's not. A...
0: It's not actually a problem.
1: Exactly, it's not like that's part not the, the problem of the, the dramatic piece. arc or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So this is pithy. an apocalypse phase, uh, apocalypse fic. Uh and the apocalypse in this fic, um Happens through zombies, like a zombie virus. So this takes place a year and a half into the zombie apocalypse, and Jake is loving it because no one he knows has died yet. No one he loves has died yet. They're, that he's
0: aware of, yeah. That he's
1: aware of, yeah. They're all living in what they call, uh, like... The Command, mm-hmm. which is basically the Nine-Nine, and Holt is, like, the de facto dictator.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, benevolent dictator, but exactly. still. Exactly. That's
1: what they call him. He's
0: in charge. Yeah. Because it's Holt.
1: And honestly, if the world ended, you would want to be wherever Captain Holt was.
0: Absolutely. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, the Nine-Nine so is very much in charge of, like, running this precinct now, but not in the sense of, like, you know, um, precinct of detectives, but place where all the people live.
1: Yeah. Like and the city or they've whatever. done really like a lot of great stuff with it, like uh, Jake is part of a team that, like, goes out and kills zombies and tries to look for more resources for mm-hmm. the, you know, the compound. Amy is, like, in charge of rationing things, yeah. which makes so much sense. She is
0: so hyper-organized. It's
1: so crazy. She's so good at I it. I love it. And
0: I was like, that is a read on them that is so accurate.
1: Exactly. It's very, very well thought out.
0: Yeah. I love
1: it. So the fic kind of starts off, uh Jake bursts into a meeting asking who's thirsty, my bitches, pulls out, like, two bottles of alcohol, because alcohol has become scarce in their compound. And everyone's like, okay, well, we're not going to just... It's two bottles. Stop patting yourself on the back. And then Rosa comes in with four crates and is like, there's more. Yeah. So they request, like, to go out on an actual mission and take, like, trucks and a four-person team to this Sam's Club, which apparently is still in stock, which is interesting, because you would think that Sam's Club, Costco, and all of those wholesale places would be the first
0: to go. Yeah. I guess if you're... I mean, it depends on... Like, how far apart the cities with survivors are versus the zombies.
1: Yeah, I guess Because that's if fair. it's
0: all zombies, it's not like they're going in for, like, granola bars. <laughs> like, they don't eat those things. So it's about navigating
1: yeah, the, like, you.
0: circumference of your zone of, like, influence and, like, pushing mm-hmm. further out, but not boating up against other survivor Less zones.
1: Smart. Yeah. Um.
0: That might be overthinking it. No, I, <laughs> for this, <laughs> I was like, "It is a fan fiction. Maybe I should just accept the premise." Uh, no, actually, I
1: like it. All right, cool. Yeah. So, because uh, Jake and Rosa found this like Sam's Club with a bunch of supplies, uh, Rosa and Jake each get a bonus item from like they get to choose like Oh, I would like this as my bonus item, even if we, you know, uh, in in addition to all the rations that I'm that I'm getting. And apparently, this is, in my opinion, is never fully explored. Yeah. And I would like to know why uh, Jake collects condoms.
0: I, if I had an answer for you, I'd give it. But I don't have an answer.
1: Like, he has two years... He has a two-year stock, according to Amy. Like, right. she knows, obviously, because she's, you know... She she's the one them. in
0: charge of rations. Exactly. And she, they live together.
1: Yep. So, when Jake goes up and asks for his bonus item to be condoms, Amy has to be like, uh, we cannot give you that item at this time. Yeah, and it's basically because she believes that... Uh, her and Jake are not, like, at risk right. of contracting anything or of getting pregnant immediately because they've got that stockpile, and yeah. she's trying to save it for people who might be higher risk. And they have kind of an argument, a little spat about it. But then, it kind of just gets, like, swept under the rug, and Jake takes some fancy cheese.
0: And then gives it to Charles. And gives it to
1: Boyle, who apparently that's, the, that's what Boyle's collecting. He, he's collecting fancy cheese. Well, that makes sense cheese. to me. Correct.
0: Like... It is a little odd. I will 100% give it to you that it's a a weird choice. Yeah, and I
1: kept expecting the whole thing for it to be like, this is why, or like, I don't know, but I feel like it never really got there.
0: One of the things that does happen to people when they go through something sort of difficult is that sometimes it comes out in, like, weird behaviors. Right. So I think part of it is Jake dealing with the, like, stress and sort of, like, a, a, what must be an incredibly weird situation to be in to be living through the apocalypse by hoarding something that like gives him some sense of normalcy, maybe?
1: The but control. it's
0: yeah, but that might be just me projecting onto the narrative. Yeah, than anything that's
1: fair. I, I think that's a really smart assessment too. Yeah, because then the author goes on to talk about how everyone has a stockpile of something. Like Charles right. has the cheese. Amy has trashy fiction and nonfiction yeah. books. Yeah. Rosa uh, stockpiles weapons. Yeah. Terry was stockpiling tigers. They all have
0: their thing that makes them feel, like, comforted. Exactly. And safe in some way. And for Jake, it's condoms. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to question it. <laughs> Into the box it goes. <laughs> Once again.
1: Yeah. Um, so the next scene happens at their apartment, and they're cooking beans, Jake has this whole thing of, like, how do we feel about beans? Or, actually, how about beans? Yeah. Do you like beans?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Amy's it's
1: like, yes, I get it. Rationing sucks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like, I'm aware that everything is horrible. <laughs> I also don't want beans, but yep. here we are. Uh,
1: and they, they talk about how Amy, one of Amy's eight brothers is still missing. Yep. Uh, yeah, so she's very stressed. Uh, all her family's, like, really stressed because they're all split up, and her parents are, mm-hmm. like, in the Jersey compound somewhere. Uh, and no one knows where the eighth brother is. Yep. So it's like this knife hanging over them. Um, they, they you know they say I love you and all that cute stuff, and then they they do some stuff that is short of smooshing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They get really hot and heavy.
1: Indeed, but not too. Hot but they heavy. don't actually have sex, right? They don't use the condom.
0: No, that's why Jake has two years worth of condoms. Yeah, they he stop short of. Them. Yep. Yeah. Which is, like, why Amy is right to not give him any more. Because <laughs> he clearly doesn't need them. It's Incredible. a whole circular thing.
1: Yep. So the next morning when they're supposed to go out to this mission at the Sam's Club, um, apparently two of the four that we're going to go. So it's Jake, Rosa, uh, Becker, and, and Coops.
0: I have no idea who they are. Yeah.
1: I'm hoping, I was hoping that was the case and that I wasn't forgetting people. Nope. Uh, So, Becker and Coops got drunk off the vodka that Jake brought the night before and were in no condition to go out into the world to bring more stuff. So, they got Terry and then Jake asked if Amy wants to go. And she's like, oh yeah, 100%, bro.
0: Yeah. She's like, I could bash some zombie heads in. Yeah. That sounds like a great plan. And Jake is like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and Navy's like, yeah. I'm gonna go shoot some zombies. <laughs>
1: and then, oh, Jake pulls out this uh, Percy Jackson book from behind his back, and he's like, I found this at the Sam's Club, I know you, but this is the one you're missing.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's the cutest thing. And he reads to, like, the group as they're driving over. Uh I don't know what it is about, like, whenever... Or fiction or fan fiction has people reading to each other. I think mm. that's, like, my ultimate fantasy.
0: Oh, so mine is sick thick, and yours is reading to each other. <laughs> yes. Good to know.
1: <laughs> is that a tag, reading to each other?
0: It could be. <laughs> we're going to run out eventually. <laughs>
1: eventually we're going to be scraping that barrel real <laughs> yeah, hard.
0: We're going to, like, try to exhaust every tag we can think of before we repeat. So <laughs> yeah. it can be one.
1: Yeah, so they make it to the Sam's Club. Um, Kind of, like, there's no... No real problem, no real yeah. dilemma. Not kind of goes, it goes off without a hitch, which yeah. I love. That was like good. We love some danger. That it's like looking like I'm. I love. Like if I'm in a safari, right, and I'm in the I'm in the little tra- the truck. I like seeing the lion on the other side of the. You want
0: to be in Animal Kingdom in Disney, correct? Where there is clearly a fence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to be in Jurassic Park in the little vehicle. Safe danger. Exactly. We love safe danger. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, nerd.
1: <laughs> you are the same way. I know. And then it deals. Uh, so on the way back, because they took so long loading the trucks and stuff. There's more zombies coming around and they heard noises, so they have to shoot more zombies and everyone's like on edge. Mm -hmm. And it it touches on some of the psychology that Jake is going through where he's very cognizant of how real everything is, you know, despite how much of a jokester he may be, Mm -hmm. but he's doing it because he wants wants to brighten people's day. He doesn't want it to be all gloom and doom. I love when fics do that. Yeah. When there's the person who's cognizant of that and is trying their best to help in the way that, like, they know their personality can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's cracking jokes the entire way back and asking questions like, do you think Captain Holt and Kevin cuddle?
0: Yeah. And everyone's like, Ugh. If Holt
1: is our king, then is Kevin the royal consort? Right. <laughs> do you think Justin Timberlake survived the apocalypse?
0: <laughs> Which is hilarious. And, like, yep. definitely how... Jake is in the show exactly. as he, like, gets older. Like, first season Jake is just kind of an asshole, and, like, Correct. he's not great, but as he gets older, he certainly starts to use humor as a way to, like, bolster the people around him exactly. and, like, get people through it. I think that's an influence of Amy, and I think it's also just, like, him growing as a character, so I love that they did that in this, where they carried that over.
1: Mm-hmm, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's really good characterization on this book. Yep. And then they get back... Jake reports to Captain Holt uh, about everything... Mm-hmm. And he's meeting with someone from the government, uh, mm-hmm. what's left of the go- government, or what the government has tried to become in light of the situation. Uh, and he introduces himself on De- Detective Peralta, and the guy is like, oh, any relation to Roger Peralta? And Jake's like, oh yeah, that's my dad. And <laughs> this other guy's like, well, oh man, he was a good man. And Jake's like, was. Yeah. And it just, like, hits him like a ton of bricks.
0: And that's how he learns his dad is dead. Right. And has been for a while yeah, without his knowledge. At least a
1: few years, I think. Yeah. And then in bursts Amy screaming, all eight Santiago siblings alive and accounted for, suck it, zombie apocalypse, your weak sauce can't take down this family, and then holds her hand up for a high five from Jake.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh no. Oh, boy. That moment as a reader, you're just like, oh, fuck. Yep,
1: like, it could, like the timing could not be worse if you tried.
0: Yeah, and you can just picture it, too. Because yeah. he was like, oh, ouch. Yeah, At any other moment, he would have been thrilled. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the one moment where it's like, nope. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And he makes mention, le- so it, like, cuts to, like, a few hours or a day later or something, mm-hmm. and it they talk, him and Amy are talking about it, and Amy's apologizing for a few... She few feels questions. awful! <laughs> how can you
0: not? Oh my god! <laughs> she immediately was like, holy shit, Jake, I'm so fucking sorry. I,
1: I, if that was me, I think I would have put my hand down and walked out. <laughs> like, I don't know how I could have done I don't know that. how
0: you recover from that. <laughs> right. But Jake is very much like, well... If it had to be somebody, I'd rather it was you get your brother exactly. back than me get my shitty dad back because he was actually shitty to me. And anyway. I love
1: that. Yeah, and uh, there's a really good conversation that happens about like I end, like him understanding my dad was you know, an asshole and not a great person, but he was still my dad, and right. like I still lost someone. Yeah. So it was really well done. I get chills. Yeah. Ooh, chills. It was Really done. Then we we fast forward a bit. Um, they've had a memorial for his dad and everything, and Jake's talking to Boyle, and he says, "I think Amy wants to move to the Jersey settlement, which is where her parents are."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he's been trying to eavesdrop, but he doesn't understand Spanish very well, right? And he he's made the like he in his mind he thinks that that he thinks that's what's going to happen. That all of the siblings are trying to find their way their way to Jersey mm-hmm. to be with the parents. And so he's talking to Boyle like I so we might be going to Jersey because yes. like I'm obviously I'm not gonna go like without like I'm not gonna let her go by herself. And Boyle's like, oh, so you're only going to go with for her? And he's like, well, I'm not going because I feel like I have to, but because I love her and I can't stand th- the thought of my life without her. And then uh, Amy's has snuck up on them and heard the entire conversation. Is like, all right. First of all, I haven't said anything about going to yeah. Jersey. Second of all. And then shoes Charles off. They're at the, yeah. they're on the roof, mm-hmm. which is where their first date was. Yeah. You remember? I do remember. You I'm were so ready proud. to like throw that in. I'm so proud. I know. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned that. Like since the last Brooklyn Nine Nine pick, I have watched five of the seasons. <gasps> really? Just, yeah, I, I haven't watched the current one.
0: Incredible. Yeah,
1: I went home and my brother was like, "Have you seen Brooklyn And I was like, "No." Everyone keeps telling me. He's like, "All right, we're watching it." Yay! <laughs> For five days we just Yay, watched Brooklyn Nine. It was great. <laughs> So then they have this conversation about how Jake is telling Amy, I know you miss your family, so I know that that's what's going to happen, and Amy's like, well, yeah, I do miss my family, but in fact, I'm trying to convince Ben and my brothers to come here to the compound, because Jersey is, like, overpopulated, which,
0: yeah. It's Jersey.
1: (laughs) It's Jersey. Even
0: before the apocalypse, it was a, you know, blight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jersey. Sorry, Jersey. (laughs) I'm not sorry. (laughs) Um,
1: And then... uh, Amy's talking about, like, why would I leave? Look at what we built. Like, we made a hospital. We built solar panels to have this hospital. Like, the instructions were in German, and we figured it out. And it's all very heartwarming. And then Jake, like, feels so much love that he's just like, oh, by the way, I had a diamond ring on Layaway before it happened. And Amy's yeah. like,
0: <laughs> The worst is he's like, yeah, I had one payment. I know!
1: Though. Like,
0: oh. Uh And you're just like, fuck! That
1: hurt. God damn <laughs> Physically, it. Physically, I was like, god damn it! Yeah, I
0: was like... Aw, man. And then he's,
1: he says, like, oh, I've been waiting to see, to try to make my way back to that fucking jewelry store, but the zombies won't let me. Yeah. And I'm like, good, because, like, I feel that's what you need to do. Like, I paid for this ring. I'm taking this yeah. one. Yeah. And then uh, the fic ends, essentially, with them professing their love for each other and Jake asking her to marry him. And she says yes. And she says, I would have been yes before too. And it's so sweet.
0: Yet another (laughs) proposal fic. (laughs) What have we done? (laughs) (laughs) What have we done? So many. I love. Proposals. I know They're we so haven't even cute. done Proposal Fig as, as a tag, tag. yet,
1: <laughs> but that's a good one, right? It
0: is a good one.
1: <laughs> so I loved it. I I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that the world building here was really well done. They had everyone like they t- really took into consideration the characters and like how they are in the show and figured out the best way like how would they actually be useful in an apocalypse? Mm-hmm. And it was so well done. Um, I my only kind of gripe would be it it doesn't have like a it it's not, it's more slice of life than it is, yeah. like, a, a narrative. But I like that, too. I feel yeah. like, sometimes, like speci- specifically with something that is, like, end of the world or something mm-hmm. that has affected day-to-day life, it's kind of nice to see what that looks like in a different setting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought this was really well done.
0: Yay.
1: Um, I would give this, uh, I'd give it a 3.9. Wow!
0: Oh, um, yeah, my average remains high. I know,
1: I hate which, you.
0: Again, competitive.
1: <laughs> You're the worst.
0: <laughs> I know! But this is who I am. you. Yep. All right,
1: Aaron. what did I send you? You
0: sent me, a fig a fic called Endland. Endland. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is a Kurt and Blaine Glee apocalypse fic.
1: Because, I mean, you, you hear apocalypse, alternative universe, and the first thing you, your mind thinks of is... Glee! Of
0: course! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, natural jump. That's 100% where you go with this. <laughs> fucking weirdo. You know
1: what's funny? It <laughs> funny fun. As I was looking for these one night with my roommates, were, they were like in the living room with me, and I was like, hey guys, look at this summary. And I, uh, you'll read it right now, and I was like, isn't this ridiculous? And they're like, yeah, and then I started reading, it and I was like, Fuck, it's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate that? Uh, it's the worst. Ugh, you get, I get so mad at... There's, sometimes there's fics that you want to hate, mm-hmm. and then they're good, and you're almost mad about it. It's right. sort of like, goddammit, this shouldn't work, but it does. <laughs> exactly. So, this pick is called Endland. Uh, the author is Seer of Today and Tomorrow. All one word. One word yep. <laughs> on Archive of Our Own. The summary is, Apocalypse AU. Kurt is a prostitute, jaded from the way his world fell apart. Blaine is a policeman, trying to maintain some kind of order in the midst of chaos. When Kurt discovers something that may cost him his life, he wants to pay Blaine for his protection, in the way he usually does. But as, once again, everything crashes around them, he soon discovers that sex with Blaine can never be just a business transaction. That is a deeply misleading summary. Correct. That is actually not the story that this person wrote. Agreed. I don't think. Yeah. Um. It makes it sound like this story is about... Witness basically, protection type yeah thing. like a witness protection thing are like really like a exchange of prostitution for protection exactly. kind of situation and that's not at all what this mm-hmm. is so this is a world in which basically natural disaster has killed Honestly, everybody
1: uh, time out real quick if to me the, if the way the world is going to end through natural disaster oh, i yeah. fully believe
0: 100% that. no i am 100% convinced that the way that we go is by you know mother earth being like Reclaim- fuck yep. all y'all <laughs> And in this fic, that translates to multiple natural disasters basically coming in and, like, cornering people mm-hmm. from all sides. Yeah, so there's basically, like, climate disaster coming mm-hmm. at them from all angles. Um, Kurt comes from an area that has flooded. So mm-hmm. he his family historically has been fishermen. Also, what you discover in this fic is that there was an apocalypse, like, a 100 years prior oh, to right. this. And now a secondary apocalypse <laughs> is imminent. And I'm like, wow, you can't catch a fi- fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad. So Kurt grew up In a fishing family. Mm -hmm. He learned all of the fisherman stuff and how to, like, fix boats and be kind of handy. But it wasn't enough to save him when, like, his village flooded and he had to, like, get out on his own. His family died and all that. So he turned to prostitution as a way to, like, make money. And he had sort of, like, built up a little life for himself where it was very isolated. Mm -hmm. But fine. Like, he was getting by. So... You sort of discover Kurt as he's running from continued flooding that mm-hmm. is just devastating the village that he's in. Like, he basically is like, I can't wait here anymore. I have to go. So he starts moving inland. And as he starts moving inland, he comes across this city where they're building a giant wall <laughs> around <laughs> the city, which feels a little timely <laughs> for <laughs> something that was written in 2016. <laughs> uh, like, you know. So they get to the city, and he kind of settles in, and he realizes. So it's not just the water coming from his neck of the woods, but there's like excessive like winds, like dust bowl winds in mm. the north. In the south, it's lava. Yeah, and then in the east, it's like mountain mud mudslides. Yes, that's like right, like crushing things. So it's literally just like crunk, like encroaching on the center of this country. Assuming it's America, I'm, I'm not totally so, sure. Yeah. Um, so this city is become this like one remaining stronghold and they're building a giant wall to keep all of it out. (laughs) I don't, they say something about this wall being like seven feet tall. And I was like, um, how, how much water was there? Because like, if a seven foot wall could fix it, I'm confused.
1: Well, it's also like, it's not right. I don't think it's right up against the wall, though. At least the water isn't. I think it's like, it's back a bit.
0: It was just, I was a it little... It's too thin, yeah. I was a little... Yeah,
1: like, there's no way that that wall would keep anything out. <laughs> also, the wind. I was yeah, like, there's was no like, top to this. It's I, not a dome.
0: I had questions. But Correct. But then I was like, okay.
1: You put it in the box. And I put, put it, it in the box.
0: Shop. I accepted the premise, and I'm done. <laughs> so, he's in the city, and he meets a guard right away, um, who is like, oh, hey... New face, you're the first one in a while, so we're assuming you're the last survivor.
1: Congratulations! Wow. (laughs) And
0: Kurt's like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) But okay. So they take him in, and it's Blaine this guard is of Blaine. Of course it is. And of course they're like, Blaine's like, oh, I'm part of the new militia. We don't really have an official title, but like, let me get you to your starting like registration. Mm-hmm. And Kurt's like, glad to see, uh, you know, bureaucracy is still alive and well. And Blaine yeah. is like, not amused by that. Because Blaine is actually quite dedicated to the idea of like, order and mm-hmm. law and all these things. And Kurt's like, alright, cool, whatever. <laughs> and, um, so Kurt gets into the city and he settles. And, um, he ends up rooming with, uh, Santana and Rachel in some house somewhere. And he's like, I'm so done with these two girls, but, like, whatever, it's fine. It's a place to be. Like, mm-hmm. it's not out in the, like, floodwaters, and it's not out in the, like, woods where I was going to freeze to death and right. all that stuff. So he's like, okay. And then he starts, quote, networking. <laughs> yeah. And he does start, like prostituting again to mm-hmm. like even though it doesn't super have to it's just kind of all he knows so it's a way for him to trade for like goods that he can't get mm-hmm. because they ration all of their food because it's the apocalypse of so course. he gets like extra food stamps and stuff and like he does it that way mm-hmm. blaine finds him and is like you can't do that <laughs> and he's like can i though and blaine's like not in public <laughs> and Kurt's like it's an alley, though. Like, is it really public? <laughs> and Blaine's like, yes, Kurt, it is the public. Like, what is wrong with you? But he's kind of, like, playful in a weird way, and yep. that's, like, how Blaine figures out what Kurt is up to. And he's like, alright. So they kind of just keep on, keep it on for a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, as sort of time goes on, the administration starts to get a little, like, dodgy. And they ban people from going to the top of the wall to look out, which mm-hmm. is one of Kurt's, like, favorite things to do because he feels really claustrophobic within the walls of the city. Right. So he's he goes to Blaine and he's like, please, I just need, like, 15 minutes out there just to, like, not... And Blaine's like, not even for you, Kurt. Like, you cannot break the rules. So he goes to Puck, blows him, and gets out to the top of the wall! (laughs) I'm like, bless Kurt. You know, he was like, nope, this is how it's gonna go. (laughs) So he goes up and, like, he he sees that, you know, things are still bad out there. But he's like, why aren't we exploring? Because it's not actually as bad as I think we think it is. Like, there's a world in which I'm particularly in the north where the wind is... There might be habitable land out there, yeah, but we he's starting just to don't see, know.
1: Like the, the floor, he's starting to see the ground again. Like it doesn't look as dusty as it had yeah. been. Yeah.
0: So he's like, huh, that's weird. So he goes back to the city and starts kind of just like poking and being like, so why don't we go out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and. The administration and the police, which at one point or another start to be called uh, street sweepers Mm -hmm. um, as a joke initially, but then very much as like a real thing, um, are like, don't ask questions, basically. Like, it's dangerous. We're not going to do that. Stop pushing. Mm -hmm. And Blaine is like, I don't understand why you want to go out there. Like, it's dangerous. I don't like the government wouldn't let us do a thing that was dangerous. And this doesn't make any sense to me. And Kurt's not convinced. Um, But he's like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just (laughs) going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to keep going up to the wall and it's going to be okay. Um, and it, things get really bad at concurrently while this is happening. Like Mm -hmm. people are starving. There's a famine. There's all of the crops are like dying. They do not have enough food. So Kurt gets more and more like, why are we doing this? Like we are clearly going to start like eating each other literally very soon. Mm -hmm. If we are not interested in exploring. So, finally, the government is like, okay, we are going to send a, like, small group of people to just go, like, look at this and see what's possible. And Blaine is part of the group and goes to Kurt and is like, don't you want to go? Like, they're asking for a couple of brave volunteers to, like, (laughs) go over the wall. And Kurt's like, yeah, sure, like, great, I want to go. So they go, and Kurt is very clear that it's like, well, it's not great out here, but, like, there could be stuff out here. Mm -hmm. But the orders from the government are like go get food come back do not explore further and he's like why why are we not going going farther like we're gonna like run out of land and food at some point mm-hmm. like we should be going and everyone else on the mission is like shut up stop asking questions and that's really kind of like how this goes the yeah. whole sort of thing is that kurt is the one who can see the forest through the trees um and he's like she's like, he's finally just like Whatever, and like kind of goes like keeps it to himself, but is like, mm. and then Kurt starts sort of noticing that the administration is putting up some like propaganda, and like uh, there's something a little odd. And then he's so he's the one that's sort of like putting little feelers out and talking to people and being like, isn't it weird that like we're not looking further into this? Like, mm-hmm. don't you think this is odd? And then three guys in the street sweeper uniforms show up and beat the ever loving shit out of him, basically telling him to like take it as a warning. Yeah. And so that's the first time where you're like, oh, this administration is not good. Like this is going down a path that we see very clearly.
1: Uh, yeah. It you hurts. Just hope you have hope in your heart, and it's, it just doesn't happen. It's
0: incorrect hope. Yeah. Don't, don't have hope, friends.
1: I, yep. <laughs> that's the true message <laughs> here. In the thick or in life. Dang.
0: So he gets. This shit kicked out of him, and he recovers, and then... Um,
1: Well, there's a really interesting part, too, where Blaine comes and visits afterwards, Mm because they're really good friends, and, you know, they want to be more than friends, but it's not, like, they don't know that, but we know that, because dramatic irony. Um Where Blaine comes and, like, asks him, do you know who did it? Do you see? And Santana and Rachel were at home when the street sweepers came in and told them, get out of here, so they know who kicked Kurt's ass. Mm -hmm. and Kurt makes the decision to not tell Blaine, he's like, no, I couldn't see their face, I don't remember who they were, Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to break Blaine's world, because Blaine has, the way that Blaine has, like, adapted to the apocalypse, to their situation, is by being a street sweeper, and by, like, trying to maintain the order, and if he finds out that, you know, it's corrupt, then his entire world will implode, and Kurt makes that decision, and it's so... Like.
0: It's really sweet, but it's also really misguided. Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's, it's very protective, he but it's not... He tries his best. Yeah, it's not great. He does He does try his best. Bless him. Yeah, you're right. So that happens. And then he's just, like, getting better, and it's a thing. <laughs> and then... Um, but it doesn't stop him from continuing to, like, push. Mm-hmm. Which puts him in the line of fire, like, right. very dangerously, very quickly. So Kurt and Blaine get, continue to get to know each other. Um, like, and you get to know more about each other's, like, lives before the apocalypse happened. Um, and then Brittany, who is another prostitute who is screwing around with Santana, um, comes home one day and is like, I'm really afraid we're all gonna die. And Kurt's like, why? And then she she reveals it's because the administration has put up these, like, propaganda posters that beyond the wall is, like, an unsafe level of radiation. Mm Mm-hmm. And that if you even were to go to the wall, like, you would be exposed and die within, like, a day. Yeah, like, specific
1: to the north side.
0: Yeah, specifically the north side, and you, like, everyone needs to, like, stay away. And Kurt's like, I have been on the wall every day for the last, like, indeterminate amount of time, and I'm still alive, so that's bullshit. Why are they lying? Mm-hmm. And he's like, they just want to scare you. Like, they're scaring us for some reason. I don't know why, but, like, there's no way. And so he goes to Blaine, he's like what's going on here like why is this being spread and blaine is like really you know angry and kind of like shuts him down he's like you know whether or not it's true the city like is keeping us safe so i don't see why you're pushing it and why Mm -hmm. you're doing all this stuff like and basically just like walks away and he's like even the rules apply to you kurt and like pieces out and kurt's stunned by this and like okay like (laughs) i don't know if i can trust blaine like this is not great um yeah so, there's, like, a rift. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy.
1: We love a raft.
0: <sighs> I hate you <laughs> so much. So he, Kurt, um, keeps pushing it and, like, keeps talking to people and keeps kind of, like, rabble-rousing. And he gets the sense that people are following him. He doesn't get beat up again, necessarily, mm-hmm. in the same way that he was before. But he, um... Like the administration takes Santana and Rachel out of the house that he lives in, um, with some like strongly worded notes of like you might want to move, mm-hmm. which is like a threatening behavior. Um, you know, he stops getting customers and like he's really isolated, and it sort of uh goes up to somebody attempting to rape him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, Kurt kind of gets out of it, like, at the last minute before he's about to actually be assaulted. Um, Blaine Barson. And is there to like thwart the attempt. Um, although Kurt has actually held his own and like basically flipped the guy off him and grabbed his knife and was like ready to protect himself, the Blaine person. Right. And the guy is like, come on, like you guys told me to come in here and do this. And now you're breaking in in the middle of it because he sees Blaine. Mm-hmm. And that's the moment where both Kurt and Blaine realize the administration is actively out to get him, actively trying to destroy him, and they have to get out. Um, and like Blaine's worldview is shattered. In mm-hmm. that moment, he's like, Frankly, I had an inkling that they were the ones who beat you in the first place. Um, something is going really wrong. Like, we need to, we need a new plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're like, Okay. And Blaine is like, No, I can't believe in this government. Like, they tried to come, like, assault you. They've beaten you. Like, they, I can't be loyal to them anymore. We're going. So they pack up their, like, meager belongings and steal out into the dead of night mm-hmm. into the North Gate. And they tell the girls they're going. And the girls are like, Okay, we will hold the fort here come back at the next full moon if you survive.
1: Well, uh, but they say, like, we like if you ever manage to come back, we'll be waiting by this gate every full moon.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, so they're like, all right, we're going to go venture forth because we really think that there's something out there. Yep. And they venture forth. They venture forth. They go out into the wilderness, and they are not followed by the administration or anything mm-hmm. like that that they know they of. They basically whole like a Harry Potter book seven movie one (laughs) where (laughs) (laughs)
1: book seven movie one right
0: where they're doing the thing where they're just like in the woods all the time yeah it's just camping we love a
1: camping fit it's
0: very stressful camping (laughs) correct
1: there's Um, windstorms still happening (laughs) yeah
0: so they have to like survive it's like survival mode but it's also the time where they're together alone for the first time and they start talking about like intimacy
1: yeah
0: and Kurt's like well have you ever had sex and Blaine's like nope (laughs) <laughs> I was waiting for the right person, and then the apocalypse happened, and it seemed like a thing that wasn't going to happen for me. And Kurt's like, interesting. Do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> like, with me, specifically? And Blaine is like, yes. But I also didn't want to be a creep about it. <laughs> and also I have, like, eh, like a little bit of hesitation. Kurt's like, okay. And then Blaine's like, I really want to kiss you. And Kurt's like, yeah, so kissing's it for me. Right. Like, sex is fine, but kissing is the thing that I thought I was going to save for the right person. Mm-hmm. And Blaine's like, interesting. I'm the only person around, so yeah. what I'm hearing is both of us should, like, have our first experiences together, question huh. mark? And Kurt's like, okay. Hey, so yeah. they, like, so they do it, and it's yeah. fine.
1: And there's a whole, this is kind of where the summary comes into play, where Kurt is Trying to repay Blaine because in Kurt's eyes, Blaine's world imploded, like his worldview imploded mm-hmm. because of Kurt. And so he yeah. feels super guilty feels about bad. like taking him away from the structure he had going. So he's like, well, I, Kurt says, I, I don't have anything of value. Like the only thing I'm good at is my job. So right. I'm, I'm trying to repay it that way. And like Blaine sees through that and I was like,
0: yeah. Blaine is like, well, don't fall in love with me. <laughs> And Kurt's like, I do not fall in love. And Blaine's like, mm, but I'm your only option, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. And it's, like, said jokingly, but he 100% means it. Uh-huh. Uh Because Blaine clearly cares about Kurt in a way that Kurt just doesn't really know how to process. Exactly. Kurt describes the, his relationship to, like, feelings as having his feelings hung up in a closet. And he can oh, pick yeah. and choose which ones to wear when he needs them. But they're very disconnected and removed from, like, actual feeling. That was something that resonated for me in a very interesting way because it's something that I've talked to friends about in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, I've I've known a lot of people who have talked about how, like, a lot of us, particularly if you go to therapy, you become very accustomed to talking about feelings. I think we live in a culture where, Mm -hmm. like, particularly millennials will talk about feelings a lot, but actually experiencing feelings and feeling things is scary as fuck and does not feel good and, like... They're two totally different things. Mm -hmm. So that sort of wording, like putting into words, that thing that I have personally experienced of like the difference between talking about a feeling and feeling the feeling was very intriguing. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, interesting. (laughs) This is something I like. So... They find the edge of the water, mm-hmm. and they sort of find this, like, corner zone where there's enough resources for them to live. Yeah. They find a house with a bunch of dead bodies in it. Yep, yep. And they're like, well, this sucks, but this is our house now. <laughs> You're
1: just going to take this yep. back? So
0: they go through the, ro- the rubble of this house, because it is rubble, Yeah, like it that fell point.
1: on the other family.
0: Right. So they take the bones of the family out, and they give them a burial, and then they say, okay, we're going to rebuild from the, like, ashes of this place. They build this, like crooked little house <laughs> it's literally there, it. like it's crooked i love it <laughs> it is not a straight meeting house <laughs> which is super funny um and they like they find all these stuff and they kind of settle into this life together for for a couple of days mm-hmm. um they do end up having like sex together mm-hmm. which is like a whole thing but it's really like blaine pushes kurt to like treat it not as just another job, but Mm -hmm. as, like, he's like, well, I'm your friend, and also now your lover, so, and Kurt's like, "Mm, don't say that, and Wayne's like, but it's true, because, like, they're nudging towards some kind of relationship Mm -hmm. in an interesting way, and then as they sort of, like, settle into this house, into this little, like, corner of the universe, they're like, well, we have to go back and get the people, like, we can't just live here on our own forever in perpetuity. We should go back, get the girls, and, like, A, tell them that they're alive, and, B, like, I actually think this is a sustainable place to be. Let's go save them from this administration. Mm -hmm. After that's sort of been decided, Blaine and Kurt have a little bit of a fight. I can't remember what the tiff is about.
1: I think it has to do with the whole, like, don't fall in love with me. Yeah. kind of thing. It, like,
0: kind of starts to implode a little bit.
1: Yeah. Where, like, Blaine is asking to, like asking Kurt to love him, and Kurt's like, I don't think I can do that. Oh,
0: Blaine does say I love you, and he means it as I love you romantically, and Mm -hmm. Kurt's like, I can't say that back to you. Exactly. And, because Kurt's like, I don't actually know what that feels like. I've never experienced that before. Like, I don't... It would be a lie for me to say that I love you in the way that you love me. And Blaine is really pissed about that and really hurt. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to go back to the city alone. And Kurt's like, no, you're fucking not, you <laughs> moron. Of course not. Like, even though I know it's hard for you to be with me right now, that is profoundly stupid. Right. You will die in the desert and it'll be bad times. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go together, whether you like it or not. You can just be mad at me the whole time and it's fine. So they meander their way back to the city. And when they get there, the girls are at the gate, as promised. Um, they get there on the full- next full moon. But they are ambushed by the street sweepers who are waiting for them because Rachel has accidentally betrayed them because Rachel's a fucking moron, as is in the show.
1: Correct.
0: So she's dating Jesse. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> who is Jonathan Gruff? Um, Jonathan Gruff, how could you? Yeah. Uh, dating Jesse, who is a street sweeper who is on the administrate, loyal to the administration. He has been sort of patrolling the North Gate. Keeping an eye on the girls because Rachel had let slip that's what was going to happen around the full moon. Right. So when they cross over the threshold into the city, they immediately grab them. They separate them out. Um, Kurt goes with Puck, who is sort of pretending to be pretending to be loyal, yeah. but actually is trying to get them away. And he's like, "We can't do anything about Blaine. They're taking him. They take Blaine off. Presumably, go beat the shit out of him too." Yeah. And they're like, "We can't. We have to go back from eventually, but we have to like regroup. We have to figure this out." And Kurt's like. Ah! Ha 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 <laughs> and he has a lot of feelings in a lot of yep. directions. Uh,
1: it's really, it's really interesting. He goes from having no feelings to the closet overfilling and be, a lot of feelings, yeah, really which is How
0: feelings work, yep. friends. Yep. Have you ever had a meltdown in therapy? Because I have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Oh,
0: it's not great. It Doesn't feel good. Oh. Um, sometimes if you shove things deep enough into a corner, they pop out and like resurface in really inopportune moments. It's like
1: a jack in the box.
0: Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so that's what happens to Kurt. Yep. <laughs> and I was like. Hashtag mood. I've been there. So they're like, okay, we got to come up with a plan. And Puck's like, okay, well, actually about two thirds of the street sweepers are like really over the administration's corruption. They're Mm -hmm. seeing where this is going. They're not down. I think we can stage a coup. Um, And the girls are like, and we've actually been really sowing the seeds of revolution here while you're gone because we're smart. Yeah, exactly.
1: One of the things is like, uh, because we're girls. Like, we're women.
0: We're more subtle We're about more it. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and that's was, great. And I was like, yeah, accurate. Um, but he should, they were like, well, we think we have enough people to really make this work. We just have to, like, we have to make this count. Like, we have to make this. It work. has to be now, yeah. Like, it has yeah. to be a whole We have to that. go and we have to do it. So they, I think the last line of whatever chapter it is where they do this, is like, we have to go start a riot. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so they do. They go and they, like, get everybody. And.
1: I love that there's, <laughs> there's a whole scene where, like, her's, like. Starting a riot it takes a lot more time than you would think. Yeah, it's
0: really just, slow. He's just
1: pacing around outside. Of, like, they're going door to door and be like, hey, it's time for the riot.
0: Yeah, are you ready? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: pack up. Meet us in the front gate if you're not going to riot. If you're rioting, meet us at the headquarters. Yeah,
0: so they, um, you know, they go and grab Blaine, who's actually not as bad off. Yeah, as... like,
1: definitely. It was, he was beat up, definitely, but not, like, tortured or, like, right. uh, nothing. They had been
0: banking on yeah. it. That it would happen, and it did, that, like, enough sympathetic uh, street sweepers were in on that that they took it really easy on him. Exactly. So he's a little roughed up, but he's not. Yeah, it's
1: also a thing of uh, Jesse. When Jesse took Blaine, it was to, like, they he, he said something like, we have a score to settle with you. Like, it was very much like a personal revenge thing, mm. so he, they hadn't told the administration yet. Yeah. Which is another reason why Blaine wasn't, like, worse off. Yeah. Thankfully.
0: Thankfully, so they go get them. So, they riot.
1: Yeah, they riot. There's stones are thrown everywhere. And another thing that's really interesting about this is that um, the the way that the street sweepers got their name is because early on in the administration, like they, the street sweepers have weapons, but they weren't really allowed to use them because the the population has dwindled. So right. they're like they're trying right. to not kill anyone that if they don't have to. Right. So there's this altercation one day, and this uh, street sweeper, this cop. Grabbed a broom and started hitting the criminal, and that's when everyone started calling the street sweep. So there's this whole, like, dynamic at the riot where, like, they don't know, are we allowed to shoot them? Right. <laughs> and, like, and then they just get, start getting pelted with rocks, and so they have to, like, use the butts of rifles and stuff. It's yeah. really interesting.
0: Yeah. So the riot is happening, and they're like, okay, um, and they, like, the administration tries, they try to kind of negotiate with the administration yeah. very briefly, where they're like, Look, clearly all of us want to leave, and you want to stay. There are people who want to stay with you. Let us go, so that way all of your little rebel rousers are off doing your own thing. If you really think it's too dangerous out there, we'll take care of ourselves. Also,
1: more resources for you.
0: Right, more resources for you. This seems like a deal that you would want. I think it's Santana who says this, because she is incredibly smart. And the... You know the administration is like, we'll think about it, and then they come back and they're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> and Satan is like, then perish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 so they they riot again and they put up a fight and basically the administration just like lets them go off into the ether without like they do fight back but yeah. kind of like. By rote, not, like, they don't try to, like, crush them or anything. Exactly. And they're like, well, if you do this, you're gone forever. And they're like, all right, peace. <laughs> yeah, bye. You. Bye. That was the goal. So, bye. So, they head back out into the into the ether. With a not insignificant amount of people in tow. Exactly, yeah. And they start this whole new sort of, like, colony at the... They head back to the house, the little crooked house, and Satan is like, your house is crooked. And they're like, shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where's your house? Yeah, you
0: don't have one, so <laughs> shut up. So they start rebuilding society from scratch in a more egalitarian, sort of, like, actual democratic way. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the fic. Oh, and they also... uh Kurt and Blaine... Kurt says I love you to Blaine at yeah. some point, and they get together for real. And uh, yeah. Kurt lets Blaine fuck him instead of the other way around... Yeah. Yeah, and that's like a revelation for him, where he's like, "I actually trust a person and can feel good, and it doesn't have to just be like a job." And Blaine is like, "Yeah, you dummy." Yeah, there's a
1: great moment. Like they get back, and because there's only the Crooked House, all, like all of the sick and wounded who from the journey are sleeping in the Crooked House, and in Kurt's bed, and Kurt's yeah. just like, "I just want to sleep with Blaine, but yeah. I can't be an asshole about right. it."
0: But we're not gonna do that. Yeah.
1: So like the moment they get every sick person out of their house, one moment everyone has a roof over their head. They bang, and he's like, I love you. I've been waiting for, like, a month and a half to tell you.
0: So, that, and they sort of, like, in the end, the last chapter is an epilogue that, like, fast forwards, like, a decade or so, and they have, like, a thriving situation. Puck and Santana are, like, running it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kurt is basically, like, an advisor Mm -hmm. And they have decided that all decisions are to be made in the open. Like, they literally have an open air forum to make all decisions to, like, not fall into the same trap as the administration, which all made their all their decisions behind closed doors. And everything is good. And that's the end of the fic.
1: That was a fun summary.
0: It was. I think this fic is longer than it needs to be.
1: I would agree.
0: It could have been pared down and edited down significantly and told the same story. Yeah. Which is my really only complaint on it. Like, the writing isn't as strong as some other things that I've read, but it's not bad by any stretch. Mm-hmm. It's certainly an interesting premise. Yeah. I just think 20 chapters, it could have been pared down and the narrative made a little bit tighter, and I think it would have been more impactful. I think it rambled a little bit. I think,
1: It It feels know, like three different kind of stories, like the minute, like... Kurt living in the administration, like, with the wall and all the propaganda, and then there's, like, a wilderness story in the middle. Yeah. And then there's, like, a rioting story toward the end. Right. It just feels... Yeah, it does feel disjointed a little.
0: Yeah, it's pretty disjointed. It feels... There is no good way of saying this. Like, it was a little boring at times. Mm. In the same way that Harry Potter book seven movie one was like, come on, how much more camping can I, I endure? I, I,
1: love, I love camping. <laughs>
0: come on. You love camping?
1: I love camping stories. Yeah, you don't
0: love camping. <laughs> I
1: don't love camping. But some, I love camping. But something like, I don't know what it is. It's like, maybe it's like the idea of playing house or something. Maybe. I love that.
0: I don't mean to say boring in a super negative way. No, I way. get it's you, just, but like, nothing a lot of, happens. There's a lot of dead space. Yeah, I get you. And there's a lot of going back to the same thing a couple of times and not pushing forward in the narrative from it until it's been revisited a couple of times, which is fine. But it it meant that I think I just I wish it had been pared down a little bit. Okay, Um, that's valid. I also think that I I wish the stakes had been higher. Yeah, it's like the stakes are talked about, but not felt.
1: The pro- the problem with that is that I read so many like apocalypse fics uh, and I was like a tender baby by then I was like, oh I, I can't read more dark apocalypse fics.
0: <laughs> oh my god. And I'm that's,
1: a soft boy.
0: I don't even necessarily mean that like the things that happen aren't like significant enough. Sure. I just think that a lot of it is so sort of like even keel and it's all treated sort of the same. I see. That it doesn't build narratively as much as I would like it to. It's almost like, well, and then this happens and then we went and then it was a thing and then we got over it and it's cool. And it's... Be- I think partially it's because it's coming from Kurt.
1: And you know... Who uh, is a right.
0: deeply unemotional character.
1: Exactly. That's... That's... I I remember. I had this critique and I was gonna... I'm glad you brought it up because I was gonna yeah. have the exact same critique. I was like, it feels like very monotone at times. Mm-hmm. But I was like... But it comes from someone who is very like...
0: Very monotone. Yeah, very repressed. No, and
1: no emotions. Yeah. So I was like, can't tell... I was like, I can't tell this is a, a, a really smart author Um, in that, like, they know how they write, and they write a character that reflects that writing style. Right. Or just an unfortunate coincidence.
0: Right. Or if it's like, oh, I write monotone, so I wrote a monotone character. Exactly. Yeah, it's a thing. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's too much of a knock against it. Sure, no.
1: It's still, like, really interesting world. Yeah. A lot of interesting themes explored.
0: Yeah, but that's what I would change, I think, if I were to go back and, like... I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. And have critique of it. That's where it would come from for me. Cool. I would rate this like a 3.2. That's
1: exactly where I thought it would be.
0: Yeah. So that's like, great. it's good. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, it being Glee and me knowing Blaine and Kurt super well and having been a cleaner yeah. helped a lot. That's I think awesome. if this had been a pairing that I didn't know and didn't already have investment in.
1: That's interesting. It yeah. would have
0: probably been a lower rating for me. Which is purely subjective.
1: But I I agree. I think I agree. Because if it's something that I didn't know as well, I think I would also have been like, well, I don't know how much I care. But because I know Claim. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Well done.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed it.
0: Is that all of the fanfic? That is all of the fanfic for this episode. Wow. I feel like we breezed through those. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. All
1: right. Well. How do we close these out again?
0: Oh, I don't know. With an outro. (laughs) Happy Halloween, friends! Happy Halloween! Enjoy!
1: Please tweet us your costumes.
0: Yes! I would
1: love to see, like, what everyone is dressing up as. It's one of my favorite things. Oh my
0: god, Halloween is the best. Yeah,
1: and as always, like, please make sure to rate, review us on iTunes so that more people can find our show, mm. interact with Erin on Twitter and Tumblr. Yeah. She's very active and I she am. loves talking to people.
0: Oh my god, it's incredible because I am deeply introverted, except when it comes to this Twitter <laughs> account. Um, yeah, so find us on Twitter. Submit uh, recommendations to us via the form that is on our Twitter page. Yes, because please. we would love to get out of our little like.
1: We would love to circles. read something other than the magicians. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I'm
0: gonna send you more just no, to stop. pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm
1: gonna pick one you hate to and I'm just gonna send that. That's fine. I mean, I don't hate the magicians, though. I know. Anyway. It's cool. Yeah.
0: Bye, everybody.
1: See ya!